is the Storymobile podcast. We are a solar-powered moving art space that travels to events and through neighborhoods to collect your stories. The St. Paul Almanac book was created in 2005 and has since been released annually. The goal is to bring together the diverse community of St. Paul through literary arts. The Almanac is a meeting place for sharing stories and artwork of our community. This year, the St. Paul Almanac released their 11th volume, On a Collected Path. As part of a reading festival, authors have gathered at various venues throughout St. Paul to read their fabulous work. On Thursday, May 4th, readers gathered at Amore Coffee to read their pieces from St. Paul Almanac, On a Collected Path. Volume 11. The next up we have Meg Grove. Meg Grove is the daughter and granddaughter of St. Paul natives who found her way to town nearly 30 years ago. She lives in the Macrova neighborhood where, finally, she is no longer considered the newcomer. Please welcome Meg. Grandma Jeb, jail matron. I have two photos of my Grandma Jeb. One is a formal portrait in her Ramsey County Sheriff's uniform. In it, she looks very much like I remember her, an old lady in big glasses with white hair, a little frizzy on the right side, as though the perm took there but was a no-show on her left. No doubt she'd had her hair done at a downtown beauty parlor, as they used to be called. She's got a hat on with a standard law enforcement issue five-pointed star pinned at the center, a little smaller than the one on her chest. The photo is in gray tones, making it impossible to distinguish the actual colors. The jacket is probably deep brown with tan epaulets. The shirt she wears is department issue two, possibly the same color as the epaulets. Collar is buttoned at the neck and there's a simple crossover satin tie. The uniform overwhelms the woman in, the, in a way. It's hard to see what her face looks like. She was Grandma Jeb the jail matron to me. When she visited Fargo, taking the Empire Builder from St. Paul, I think she might have been wearing that uniform. She smoked parliaments and had the voice to show for it. The uniform, the job, the raspy voice, the fact that we saw her only at Christmas, she scared the shit out of us. <laughs> Our mother would assemble the six of us in the kitchen to greet her when she arrived. Just be good, she would implore. She was scared of Grandma Jeb, too. We squirmed and shifted foot to foot as Grandma Jeb inspected each in turn. You're taller now, she might assert. Once she grabbed my head in her hands, demanding to know where I got my curly hair. John had curly hair, she said, eyebrow arched. By then, my dad, John, was as bald as a cue ball. Grandma Jeb would stay at our house for three days, taking over a bedroom, which meant even more cramped sleeping quarters than usual. She had a job at Christmas for which she was uniquely suited. Christmas Eve night, she slept on the couch in the living room where the tree was and where the packages lay, like lay piled like treasures in King Tut's tomb, or at least that's how she guarded them. Approached to early Christmas morning and she growled, probably just as she did at the criminals under her watch. I said I have two photos of Grandma Jeb. Years after she died, I found the second photo in the bottom drawer of my mother's big maple secretary. This photo was of two people, a boy of about 10 and a stunning young woman. I recognized my dad instantly, but I had no idea who the woman was. 
On the back, in my mother's handwriting, is proof that the woman was Grandma Jeb. The photo was taken in 1935. By then, this lovely woman's husband had succumbed to death by slow asphyxiation, the result of breathing mustard gas in the trenches of France. Her mother was gone. Her father, a likable drunk, had retired from the railroad and was living with her and her son on Fairmont Avenue. The country was deep into the Depression, with a quarter of the workforce un unemployed. Genevieve Marie, as she was known then, was lucky to have a job as a stenographer working for the state of Minnesota. In 1935, St. Paul was in the final paroxysms of the gangster era, and Tommy Gibbons became the new sheriff in town. The boxer turned businessman and an Irishman from the same parish and neighborhood as Genevieve promised to clean up local law enforcement. He hired Genevieve as a clerk and eventually made her the first Ramsey County Jail matron. To hear more stories, learn more about Storymobile, and to find out where we'll be pedaling off to next, visit storymobile.org.